Once upon a time, there were two cousins that were brought together by an undying love for fantasy football. They were once directionless and lost, struggling to find their way in life until one day one of them said the words nobody ever dare say. Why don't we start a podcast? That day was the beginning of a great journey marked by heartbreak, triumph, and some seriously hot bakes. Now, as the year draws to its inevitable conclusion, join the cousins for the final chapter of their epic podcasting journey. Welcome to the grand finale of the Cousins AFLW slash AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, the one and only Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no Fife, no life, no Fife, no life. And it's the finale of the podcast. It is the finale of the podcast, mate. Not just the season finale, but the finale finale, the grand finale. This is it for us, yeah. I mean, we we mentioned it at the end of last week's episode. I don't know if everyone caught that. I don't know if everyone listens all the way to the end, especially when we're bullshitting, (laughs) (laughs) just saying random stupid stuff at the end. But um, just a quick summary from what we were saying last week that this could be our final podcast. You're going to be a father very soon. Congratulations. Thank you, mate. Um, It's it's exciting times for you and your partner. you're going to be heading over to Melbourne to pursue a new career. Yes. So congratulations yep. on that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> so I'll be moving across the other side of the country. So with all the craziness that's going on with our lives and how busy we are, um, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break from the content next year, definitely with the men's podcast, um, potentially with AFLW as well. We we. We're taking a break indefinitely. We will see whether... Yeah, it indefinitely is, is the right way to describe it. We might be back at some stage, but there is no plan for our return yep. at this point. But we, we, we still wanted to make today's podcast a special one and call it our finale and then... I guess celebrate the yeah. year that's been for, yeah. the, for the Cousins pod. Mate. Yeah, but leave the door slightly ajar yeah, for the potential of a return, a comeback. Um, and we might just make little bits of content as we go maybe just the odd episode here and there where we have time because you know we it's it's a hobby for us it's a passion and we love doing it and obviously we love spending time together we love chatting about fantasy so and that's never that's never going to change so again we might we might remotely record some stuff from across the country next year um obviously the twitter account will still be active so we will still be engaging with the fantasy community 100 in all those kinds of ways but yeah the podcast will be who knows? Finito. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially the pod has just been a continuation of our normal week to week discussion. So for us, yeah, like you said, it's just our hobby, something that we enjoy doing and we've kind of just picked up as a continuation from our our day to day goings. Yep. Yeah. Now something something that's pretty funny and uh pretty I don't know, like bittersweet. It's yeah. bittersweet. Yeah. Something, but something that's fitting for the final episode is that you may or may not have heard an ad at the start of this episode. Um, we reached the threshold of listeners to to have our 
content monetized or I have our podcast monetized and we thought it would just be funny to apply for it in our final episode. Obviously, we don't do this for the money. We haven't been making any money this whole time, but just to say that we, we, we monetized the podcast, <laughs> yeah. we got there, yeah. we so, achieved the, the podcasting <laughs> goal. If you heard an ad at the start of this for just something completely random, who knows, then you know we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did it. We made it, mate. Bittersweet, but it feels just like an enormous moral win. Yeah, it's just a, it's a cool thing to was, say that we did. It was all worth it, mate. Yep. All the time invested. Yep. Long hours. Yep. All right. Another little bit of housekeeping is I want to shout out Bryony Chamberlain, the overall winner of AFLW Fantasy this year. Awesome season, Bryony. I, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, Massive. Yeah. Massive. Just... Um, just awesome. So, so, so cool. And it was great that, um, you know, you gave us a little shout out on Twitter and, and thanked us for our content. So, we just, you know, thank you for listening and congratulations. Thank you in return and yes. enjoy the car. Yeah. Enjoy the car and the number one overall hat. What a what a great achievement. It's so cool. You can, you can just be proud of that for the rest of your life, Bryony. That's the, such a cool thing. The pinnacle. You can retire from fantasy forever now as a champ. The yep. inaugural official AFLW yeah. fantasy champ. That is a cool, cool achievement to have yep. on, the, on the CV. Yeah, very, very cool. All right, so let's get into this episode today. Now, we have something very special planned we're going to do fantasy hot seat. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically a quiz show to quiz Keebs who has no knowledge of what has happened over the weekend. You've basically lived caveman mode. It's true. For the last four days. I haven't been on any AFL apps or fantasy. No social media. Socials or anything. I'm, I've been in the dark all weekend. I know nothing. I know one little snippet of what happened over the course of the weekend. That is that the Gold Coast Suns won their game because in a post-uni assignment days on Friday night, I did open the app and I just saw a picture of – I can't even remember what player it was, but it was a Gold Coast player cheering basically. I was like, oh, there so you So you know Gold Coast won. Yeah, that, but that, that's all I know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't click in. As soon as I saw that, I was like, shit, I made an error, got out of it. Yep. I haven't seen anything since. So <laughs> I've been in the dark, mate. I don't know what's going you on. You don't know anything. All I know is the trades that I did. I don't know how the trades went. I don't know any of the scores. I don't know what I scored. I don't know what my rank is. I don't know if it was laid out. I'm nervous. You're I nervous. Think, I think before we get into this, I just want to say, I think there might have been a laid out and I'm scared because <laughs> you, cousin, tried to call me on Saturday morning and then I got a text well, I have a message on Facebook from you saying, hey, cuz, do you want to know if there's any laid outs? So that in conjunction with the call led me to believe that there was in fact a laid out on Saturday morning. So I'm concerned because I brought in two premiums <laughs> on think, Saturday morning. I, I think played Saturday morning. Right. So Okay. Well, how about we get into the quiz and it. then we'll, we'll talk about the rest. Let's do it. So this is Fantasy Hot Seat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our second episode of Fantasy Hot Seat. I'm your host, Jados, and I'm joined by our contestant, Keebs. How are you doing, mate? I'm tingling with anticipation. <laughs> now, Keebs, is it true you don't know any scores from the weekend? It is true, mate. It is very true. Do you swear it? I swear it. 
Yeah? I swear. On your mum's life? Yeah. All right. Now, before we get into the quiz, why don't you tell us what your trades were for a bit of context? So my trades this week, the, the listeners are going to find this immediately funny. I traded Chelsea Randall to Von Bonner. Uh, if you don't know who that is, she's 36. She plays for the Crows. I thought easy matchup against West Coast. But the other trades were Charlie Rowbottom to Jazz Garner and Ali Anderson to Ash Riddell. Okay. So they were the trades, mate. Just a little context on Yvonne Bonner. I did some I did some stat digging on just her previous scores. So here are her previous scores from the year. Just this is from this season. Uh, yeah, I've seen. 50, <laughs> yeah. 31. 50 is the highest. 42, 45, 36. And last week she scored a 14. Yeah. And you brought her into your team. I brought her in, mate. I took a risk. I took it. I, I did see that the team sheets before the weekend, obviously on Thursday night when teams dropped, I finalised my trades look. Saw she was named on a forward flank against West Coast. I was like, she's she's going to have a big one, mate. She's going to get some snags. All right. It was a risk, but I wanted to get Riddell and Garner <laughs> yep. in against the dogs. So, All right. So we will find out as the quiz goes how those, how those trades went. We will, mate. Now, first thing, before we even get into the first question. We need to hurry up, mate. I want to know the score. <laughs> It's been a I want, long weekend. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll speed through it. But first thing I want you to do is to predict the top scoring player from each line. So the top scoring defender, midfielder, ruck and forward. And you may, you get a point for each one that you guess correctly. I want you to guess the player and their score. And their score. All right. So yep. defense, I'm going to go with Charlotte Thomas. I'm going to say she scored 97. Okay. Midfield, I'm going to go Ash Riddell, one. 43. Okay. Ruck, Bree Moody. Okay. She scored a 90 flat. And then forward, okay. I'm going to say Bonnie Too Good with a 125. Okay. All right. I don't know if I'm going to remember those, to be honest. Um, we might have to circle back and listen again. <laughs> Recap them to me. So you said Charlotte Thomas. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I already can't remember. Down. I already can't remember the scores that you I said. You said ninety-seven, and then you said yeah, we'll Ash Riddell ninety-seven. Ash Riddell one forty-three, and then uh, Bree Moody ninety flat. Yeah, I said, and then uh, Bonnie two Bonnie good, good one twenty-five. All right, so we're locking those in. Here we go. Here's the quiz. First question: Daisy Darcy played majority of the game as a forward. That's a fact. Okay. So she played forward. Yeah. What did she score? Was it A, season high 83 points, or B, season low 37 points? B, season low 37. No, nah, it was A. Hey! She scored a season high. Let's go. That's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> it was incredible. She played the game of her life. I'm happy. I think it was a career high for her, actually. I'm happy about um, that. That's a good start. She dominated. She kicked a goal. She was everywhere. She was hitting up targets, lace out. It was awesome stuff. Beautiful. Gold Coast, as you know, won the game. I feel they happy about up. it. I feel happy about it. I, I knew they won, but as a forward, I was like, maybe she got lost. You just never yep. know. 83, yeah. that's massive. Well, so, so she started in defense, was quiet, and they moved her forward and she was just finding the pill everywhere, laying just tackles. Going. Yeah. And I was like, when they moved her forward, I was like, oh dear, this yeah. is going to be bad. And she just, yeah, she dominated, kicked a cool goal. Get her um, into the mids for next year, Gold Coast. Surely. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Second question. Bonnie Too Good. Where is the pain coming? Bonnie I'm waiting Too for the Good pain. had the most marks for the game. 
Now that's a true statement. What did she score? Was it A, season high 134 fantasy points or an equal second lowest score of the season, 83 points? 83. Correct. Damn it. Yep. Damn it, Bonnie. Yep. She <sighs> was flat out average this week. It's not a horrible score, but it's it's not the uh, line high 125 no. that I predicted. No. Is it? Yeah, she just kind of had an average game, so it's a bit disappointing. She, she did. She had the most marks on the ground. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I got her two weeks ago in my team, so I'm not incredibly flat. They average out. Yeah, you know, but still a little bit disappointing. Yep. All right. Next question. Here's a true statement. Okay. Maddie Prasparkis copped the Lucy single tag. Yeah. But she still had 19 disposals. Okay. So she fought through the tag pretty well from a disposal perspective. To go with her 19 disposals, did she a throw in the towel and lay one tackle for score of 59? Or did she follow the golden rule of tags and have 14 tackles for a score of 120? I'm going to say A. Yep, correct. Yeah. She scored 59 points. She had one mark, one tackle. She got dominated. I based it on her sister. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to her sister a bit later. Now, true or false? We're getting into the second game of the round now. True or false? Ghana and Riddell. Oh, I'm scared. Together outscored the combined scores of Blackburn, Bruton, Bresnahan, Kirsty Lamb, and Aurora Smith. True. It's false. <laughs> it's false. The others had those two by six points. I don't know how to feel about that. Because so <laughs> that could just go either way. That. That, well, yeah. The combined total of all those plays is a lot of points. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. But Garner and Riddell, between them... That's what I'm concerned about. ...scored 280 points. They did? Yes. <laughs> fucking bang, mate. <laughs> I fucking brought them both in. 140 average. Let's go. <laughs> Let's they go. They absolutely dominated Garner. I knew it. Garner. I knew it. Do you want to know the specific scores? Oh, that's a Cousins Crystal Ball point for Keebs. Is oh, it? Wait, is it? Is, is it? it, is it Do you want to know their specific? I need to know it. I had, I had Riddell 132. Did she get it? Did she get it? 130. No. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. You missed a point oh. by two, by a solitary handball. Oh. Yep. Oh. Jazz Garner scored 150 on the dot. Oh, Riddell. Don't. Yep. Oh. And it was, that was, it hard. was distressing viewing because. A lot of people chose not to VC her. I went over a handful of people did. Oh, I VC'd Ghana too. Yeah. Oh, I'm so scared because I couldn't take so the VC. So you didn't take the VC, right? So I, you I, had the I, C on who? Noffy. Okay. Cool. I couldn't take the VC. I couldn't take yes. it. Yep. I'm scared. So we'll talk about it later. I chose I'm not. Scared. I chose not to VC Ghana as well, and it was distressing viewing. It was very distressing. There was a lot of discussion about it, discourse on Twitter. Um, there was, it was very divisive, you know, there were, there were a handful of people that VC'd her and were very happy with it. A handful that decided not to, and were very distressed. I'm afraid, mate. I can't believe it. I got so excited. And then I realized that, wait, maybe not. And then maybe not was true. And I didn't get a cousin's crystal ball point. <laughs> I thought I'd won it, mate. No, nah. I'm scared. No, nah. you missed out. All right. Are you ready for the next question? Just quickly on Jazz Garner, actually. So... Shit. There was dip on the on Sorry, the you're trying to was, clean it as was bothering me. <laughs> hey, this is a quiz show, mate. I'm sorry. Okay, just quickly on Jazz Gun. It looked like she was going to go like 180. She and was on 134 down. 
at the start of the fourth quarter. Jeez. Like first, so first center bounce of the fourth quarter, she caught someone holding the ball and then got to 134. Man, that's insane. And yeah. then just slowed down or rested? She she played predominantly forward and then they benched her for the last like six or seven minutes. That's upsetting. Yeah. That is upsetting. Well, it was, I was glad because it, it really did look like she was going 160 minimum. I'm scared, mate. Because I didn't take a 150 VC, which is just you take that every day of the week yep. if you know about it. But I didn't know about it. And I lost. I didn't get the point for Riddell. <sighs> Shall we move on? We should move on. All right, on. next question. This is on to the next game. True or false, Port Adelaide demolished GWS and Matilda Schultz bagged three goals. False. It's true. It's true. Yeah. She kicked her career wow. first goal. In that three game, goals. she'd never so kicked many. a goal before, and then she ended up kicking three for the game. That's insane. What it was she, insane. What did she score? <laughs> she it? finished on 75. Oh, that's all right. So the score wasn't massive, but it was just, it was a crazy game. Demolished. What's a demolishing? I think it was like 50 odd points. Wow, that is a I think so. I, I think it was 58 off the top of my head. Wow. Port. That's, that's pretty crazy. We'll talk about that later because GWS were bad. Yeah. All right. Next question. Erin Phillips, who we know. <laughs> yeah. This was her. Retirement game. game. And this is, I think it's part of the reason why Port got up got and about up, yeah. for this game. So Erin Phillips, one of the greats of AFLW, she was on one fantasy point at quarter time. Yep. She had a solitary hit out. A hit out? One hit out. That was her only stat at quarter time. That's so funny. Guess the score she finished on at full time. Was it A, 113 points, B, 76 points, or C, 19 points? I'm going to say B, right in the middle. Yep. Yeah. That's what she finished on. Yep. One, 113 she, just felt too high. And then I thought 19, probably too low, even <laughs> though it would be on on brand for her this season. Yeah. I was. That's what I was kind of hoping you would go for something outlandish. But yes, she, she had a great game. She scored 76, which it, of course, when you're on one point at quarter time, she did very well for the rest of the game. You, you can't go that far below par in your retirement game. Yeah. She. Um, How many have she, I got so far? Are you keeping, tra- are you keeping track? No. We'll, we'll have to go back and tally the scores. But she uh, kicked a goal right at the very end as well, which was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's always good to see a retiree snag one in their last game. Yep. All right. Next question. We're moving on to the next game. Which statement is true? A. Georgie Prasparkas dominated and ended the non-ton run with 35 disposals. Nina Morrison bounced back with 34 disposals and a goal. Amy McDonald scored her equal lowest score for the season, or D, Claudia Gunjaka had five disposals for a 20. I just want to say, just a quick caveat, if after letting you pressure your way into Nina, bold prediction that I did not think was bold, but I gave to you for the sake of, I guess, not wanting to waste any more of the listener's time, if that did happen, I'm going to be angry <laughs> but i reckon that it did happen so i'm gonna say that was the one nina nina bounced back they're all true oh every single one of those states statements was true if you beat me in the crystal ball it doesn't count <laughs> because the predictions that i wanted you didn't let me have i let you push your shit one on me what did she score what did nina score 100 oh, flat no nah, 100 on the dot i said it wasn't bold i knew it I knew it. I said something that has happened five times in a row this year can't be bold. You wank. <laughs> you wanker. Uh, hey, but you gave me 92. You were going to give me 100 anyway. 
Yeah, but I didn't want to initially. Initially, I was like, I would have got the point anyway, but I didn't want to give it to you. <laughs> you I get a point. I get a point. As if Georgie And too. Georgie Prasparkas had 35 disposals. I hate her. But- Georgie, What did she score? Was, <laughs> it le- was it less than 100? 104. Oh, she bro- that's what I said. She broke the non-ton run. Oh, that's right. But yeah. she was going massive and then they benched her for about almost the whole last quarter. Good. That's good. About half the last quarter. And Amy, Amy McDonald got benched. For- so, so you didn't get any-, any- Vindication if you're a Georgie owner, really. Not really. Like a 104 is not enough to be like, oh, okay, it was all worth it. Yeah. But she was on 23 disposals at half time. Wow. I'm pretty sure, yeah. That she, would was, have been she was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Matt, it's been a, just a weird weekend so far. Yeah. Is Lots that- of crazy stuff happened. Yeah. All right. Next game. All right. Who, you, you t- this is Adelaide yeah. and West Coast. Versus West Coast. I'm scared. Which statement is oh, true? Dear. A. Oh dear. Noffy had 36 disposals and a goal for 164 points. B. Swanson had a third score of 110 plus in a row. Oh. B. Wait, I've I've numbered these. I've lettered these wrong. C. Ella Roberts did an ankle injury in the third quarter and scored a 52. Or D. Ella Roberts and Charlotte Thomas combined for more points than Noffy and Swanson. <laughs> yeah, is it? It's true. Oh it's absolutely God. true. You're a bad cousin <laughs> for not for not letting me. The question is though, take a 150 VC. Were Thomas and Roberts really good? Noffy was bad. Or was Swanson was and Noffy bad? Swanson and Noffy were bad. That's you think so? Yeah, 100%. Next question then. True or false? Noffy had a lower score true. for the season, excluding true. the single tag. True. It's true. Oh. <laughs> and she was your captain. Yep. And I had Jazz going to VC. <laughs> the one week... See, the weekend you didn't watch, you got a 150 captain score. <laughs> the weekend I didn't watch, what did she score? 103. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's not that bad. It's not too bad. It's, ba- it's bad compared to a 150 though. But that is were, a, I got were... horrifically burnt by that VC. That is horrible. Yep. This quiz show has turned into just pain. <laughs> I knew you'd be upset about this. Um, do you want to know what Swanson scored? No. Yeah, tell me. Or do you want, nah, tell do you want to know what Roberts scored first? No. Nah, because you traded Roberts out, correct? Uh, you did? Uh, no. No? No. You still have Ella Roberts? Oh. No, oh, you yeah, traded, I traded her last two week. weeks ago. Two weeks traded ago. her last week. Just tell me all the scores. Roberts scored a 122. Highest scoring forward for the week. Of course she did, mate. Yeah. Of course she did. She dominated. You know I traded she her played to, full-time midfield. I traded her to Chelsea Randall two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who is now Yvonne Bonner. Yvonne Bonner. Yep. Which we will get to in a second. Thanks. Excited. And you got to take risks Swan- in the game, mate. You've got to take risks. Oh, <laughs> oh this is crazy, the, mate. But the thing about Roberts is the week I traded her, she turned up for the first time. And then the week after drops a 120. What a dick. Yeah. What a dick. The thing is, though, the, oh, damn the it, reason, man. the reason, and we should have, we should have sort of seen this coming is that West Coast have a new coach now. Yeah, true. They have an interim coach who's a, gone a coach who's, midfield. She goes, this is the future of West Coast. A coach who's not. Stupid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they go, Ella Roberts, go do your thing. Yeah. Go, go learn. We should have seen this coming. Yeah. We, to be to be honest, it's one of the things that we didn't, I don't even think we really analyzed the coaching swap 
To, yeah. to be, to it be honest, a, it was an oversight on yeah, pretty much just, everyone's behalf. I, I didn't hear anyone looked, talk about it. Everyone just looked past it. Yeah, like yeah. when I traded Roberts, I didn't even consider that that was yep. a thing that had happened. I got, I got too scared of the matchup, to be honest. Um, that's, and that's again, flattening. Adelaide aren't too hard to score on if you're a midfielder, but as a forward, I mean, obviously they're pretty challenging. So that's that's what scared me. I, I traded her this week. I was very upset. Yeah. And the overall winner, Bryony, also traded her out. Wow. Yeah. Still won though. So everyone was pretty upset when this happened. Yeah, you would be. So how did how did Swanson go? She scored an eighty-seven. That's not too she bad. She junked either. her way there. It looked like she was going to finish on like seventy-one. So what did Charlie Thomas score? Seventy-two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like, like neck solid. and neck. Yeah, yeah, basically. it was neck and neck. Yep. I'm not too mad about Swanson there either. I brought her in last week and she was great last week. So yeah. that averages like out. Yeah, again, it's ended up being a, a good pickup. So you can't be mad about that. Noffy's just super disappointing. Did they manage yeah. her tog or just not have a massive? No, she ha- she had a high tog. It was like 94% or something. Uh, you just hate that, don't you? Noffy's <sighs> just a bit of a... Bit of it. Adelaide just weren't that good. Sour ending. Yeah. They won though, I'm assuming. They did, yeah. It was like 20 <laughs> odd, 30 points. I can't remember the exact scoreline, but yes. All right. All right. Next question. Which statement is false? Okay. Poppy Bolts outscored Neve Kelly. B. Paxi copped a spark tag and scored a 41. Yvonne Bonner scored a career high 71. Or Kate Hoare. Had a 16-point half for a 63. I'm going to say Kate Hall's false. No. Paxi. Paxi's false? So, so because Bonner Paxi did it? was a late out. So, Wait, so Bonner did it? Yeah, Bonner did it. She did it! Career high 71. I knew it, cousin. I goddamn knew it. What a trade, mate. Yeah. My trades this week, I'm so, I've just got to circle back to this. Amazing, mate. Literally amazing. I traded Randall to Bonner. Net myself points on what Randall's been doing. Got the cash to get Riddell and Garner. That is just... You smashed it. Mate. You nailed it. Feels good. I just backed myself in, took a big swing for the final week. If yeah. I if I could have taken my Garner VC, it would have been a huge week. <laughs> or possibly. I don't know what the rest of the scores Yvonne were. Yvonne Bonner, career high 71. All, yep. the, all the important scores mm. that I've found out so yep. far have been massive. Kate Hoare finished on 63 yep. after being on 40... She was on 36 at quarter time and finished on 63. And Paxi was a laid out for the third Paxi time. Paxi was year. a laid out and Neve Kelly scored 34. Yeesh. Yep. What did Poppy Bolt score? 37. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That might, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm, so, you, didn't, you didn't get the point there, but obviously you're happy about. Yeah. So, so Bonner. far, th- this quiz has just been a very mixed bag of. Yep. Of emotions, mate. Yep. I'm stoked with the trades. If that just feels like a nice win to end the year. That ended the year on a positive note. Yep. All right. We've got to charge on here. All right. True or false, Brisbane dominated Melbourne and Ali Anderson scored a season high 133. It's true, isn't it? It's false. Yes. She scored 75. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dang. Another good one, mate. Get out of my team. Bad score. I knew it. I know the trades this week. You're lucky. You see, when you're when you're playing fantasy hot seat, your team was awesome. When I did it, yeah, but my team shat the bed. I had two late outs I'm, in my team. But I missed a 150 VC, mate. That's that, okay. That hurts. Yeah, it hurts a little actually, bit. Actually, but I think a lot of people missed it. Actually, I couldn't have taken it anyway because I the only non-playing player I had was Alana G. Yep. So I didn't really miss it. So there's no point in being sour about it. Yep. All right, here we go. Which statement is true? A, 
Anna Priest was back in the midfield and scored an 82. Hannah Priest, I should say. B, Arone Fitzpatrick had two fantasy points. Or C, Bree Moody broke the hit-out record against St Kilda. They all really could be true. Are they all true? All right, if if only one is true, I'm going to say it was Priest. No, it was Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick scored two points. Hannah Priest was still in defense. She scored a 55 off the top of my head. That's an improvement. Bree Moody was not Sol Ruck. They oh. swapped her and Jess Good this week. They did? And she played predominantly forward. Wow. She scored a 76, not too bad. Yeah. Okay. She kicked That's... a crazy goal. It was insane, like on the run when she was in the ruck, yeah. I guess. Um, and she she kicked it on the run from like 50 out or something. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mate, I, I... Fitzpatrick, two points. I just realized that I can still level up Crystal Ball with Bowers. So I'm scared now. Mm-hmm. When is the free again? We're, get, we're getting there. All we're right. getting close. There's four more questions left. Okay. True or false? Mon Conti outscored Bree Davy, Britt Benici, and Grace Campbell combined. Combined? Combined. I'm going to say true. It's true. Wow. It's true. What did she score? She scored a 124. So the rest were just horrible. Yep. Bree Davies scored a 60. Britt Benici scored a 46. Yikes. Back-to-back 40s. Yeah, wow. And Grace Campbell scored 13 points. Makes sense. Man, that is insane. Mon Conti would have been such an awesome pickup. Like I wish a month I did ago. It. Yeah. I wish I did it. Yep. All right. True or false? Isla Sheeran played full CBA mids and scored a career-high 97. False. It's true. Yes. Career Shit. high. And she Shit. dominated. It's funny. Richmond dominated. She dominated. It's funny reacting well to questions that I'm getting wrong. But <laughs> just purely based on my own team. Yep. She was awesome. That's awesome. Yep. 97 points. So good. She, she, I genuinely considered trading her this week just to get cash because I needed cash. Yeah. But. She I'm, was awesome. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Manage. And. If she holds that midfield role for next season. Juicy. She's just a lock. That's a juicy Absolute pick. lock. All right. Chloe Malloy. Oh, yeah. This is interesting. Kicked two goals, one for the game. Yep. What was her final score? Was it A, 57 points? Was it B, 79 points? Or was it C, 102 points? 59. Would you say 59? 57. 57. I'm going to say that. No. No, it was B, 79. She was right in the middle. Right. That's been her whole season. (laughs) Yeah. Mediocre. That was essentially what we we were arguing. (laughs) No, yeah. It's like, and she just split in the middle. Yeah. I thought, I think we both just thought she was going to be average, but I thought there was a possibility of a massive score and you thought there was a possibility of a horrible score. That was essentially the I'm just mad because I'm mad about it because I traded Ella Roberts instead of her. Oh. Yeah, yeah that and that's cost me like fifty odd points. Yeah, that sucks. That was that was me last week with Robertson, um, Nina Morrison, the player I trade, <laughs> the player I traded her to, was outscored by both Malloy and Roberts as well. Uh, yep, mate, Yvonne Bonner, what a <laughs> what a beast. Yeah. All right, final question. That's awesome. Kiara Bowers. Oh, here we go. This is. Let's just quickly set the scene for what you're about to ask. So we both made last week uh, two Cousins Crystal Ball predictions. 
The second of which, this is what the, the crystal ball for the season is, is hinged on. I said Bowers would go sub 100, and you said Bowers would go 135 plus. So, and you're not giving me a point for Nita Morrison. You're upset about that. No, nah, well, you, you have it. You, you get okay. you get the point because right. we we did agree on it, even though I was extremely <laughs> reluctant to. Um, but yeah, so if she goes sub 100, it's a draw. Anything over 100 is you win. Yep. And I have yeah, I have no idea what she scored. All right. So the question is, Kiara Bowers was a 19 at quarter time with 65% time on ground. What score did she finish on? Was it A, 62, B, 94, C, 103, or was it D, 142? I'm going to say C, 103. It was D, 142. So Yara Bowers was in full... Turbo mode from quarter time onwards. Beasted it, mate. That's huge. She absolutely dominated. She had 18 tackles. That's insane. What yeah. a finish to the season from Bowers. Yeah. Last two weeks, just massive back yeah. to back. I thought she was a chance for the tag, but obviously not. Just shout out to Sydney for being the most like inconsistent team when it comes to defensive attention to other teams. Like, they we'll were ta- never going to tag We'll her. tag Bates, not Bowers. Not yeah. Bowers, not Blackburn, but Bates. What? <laughs> Jesus, Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, who so, who won that game? Sydney won by like twenty odd points. They they scraped into finals off the back of it as well. Wow. It was awesome. It wow. was really they cool. Man, they, they were like f- far away from final. Like, I'm pretty sure before the round started, they were like twelfth, something like that. 11th. Yeah, a lot needed to happen. Man, that is ridiculous. Yep. They made it. That's insane. Yep. So is this the end of the quiz? That is the end of the quiz. Well, I found out you creamed me in crystal ball in the end. You got, <laughs> yeah. you got both in two, the last week, mate. Two predictions clear of you. I have the sight. But yeah, you had you had a pretty solid week. I guess um, we'll take we'll take a timeout. And you can look at all the scores. You can see what you scored. Um, I can. We can compile notes. Yeah, and then we'll get on with the rest of the podcast. So that was fantasy hot seat. Love it. All right, we've taken a lengthy break. We've reconvened, and we're going to resume transmission as it was with just regular regular podcast thing. So we're going to go through our scores and our rank. And I'm going to start. So I scored a 16.01, which I'm pretty happy about. Crashing a 16 mark in the final round. My final rank for the season was 273rd. And my trades were Randall to Barr, Nicola Barr, which was, I'm giving that a cross. Um, Barr was pretty average, but she also got injured on 51. It was just disappointing all around that trade. The second trade was row bottom to Claudia, Whit- Claudia Whitford which is a massive tick. Whitford scored a 112, played fantastic, great score. I'm really happy with it. And the third trade was Ella Roberts to Sabrina Frederick, which is... You go, you pumped her up a lot over the last I know, I did. Uh, well, she it let was you down, justified. Mate. It was justified. It was, her scoring was up. Um, Seymour was out. I was like, yeah, this is juicy. This is going to be great. And she was terrible. She scored a 64 I think the trade cost me like 50-odd points off the top of my head. It's not good, is it? <sighs> it's it's a disappointing set of trades to end the year, but the score was good, so can't complain too much. Cool. I'll get into mine. I scored 15.66 in the end. My final rank was 611th, and as everybody knows, my trades were Randall to Bonner, Rowbottom to Garner, and Anderson to Riddell. 
Massive trades, mate. Massive trades. Ended the season on a high. Did climb slightly back up in rank. It just it feels pretty good to finish in the top one thousand. Um, just a solid year, solid year all around. Yep, I think I think for both of us in our first season of AFLW fantasy, I think that's really really good. And just quickly, it's promising. It is. It is promising. Um, just quickly with Marrera's magic, I actually finished with a rank of twenty sixth overall. So, so I can't you, complain with that. You dropped in the end. Though. <laughs> I did drop. You're a top ten chance, mate. You could have gotten into the prize money. Don't rub it in. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. I've just come out of the grieving process. Okay. But right. 26th overall, I can't complain about Mate, that. Very, very solid. Yep. That's that's a the highest finish that either of the cousins have ever had in fantasy sports. Yeah, 26. it is. Yeah. So you can you can claim that. You can gloat. Yeah. I think they have hats for Marrera's Magic as well. So I have a hat of my own. Check your 26. Yeah. Maybe you can post photos on the, the yeah, cousins' maybe, Twitter maybe page. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our hogs and flogs as we usually do, and we're going to start with our hogs. Hog vote number one goes to A. Riddell. 130 points. Fantastic. You you just can't complain. She's had a terrific season. She deserves to be in the votes in the final game. It's fitting. Ash Riddell, one of my favorites. Two votes goes to K. Bowers. 142 points. Tackle machine. What more is there to say? It's turbo. She's an absolute beast. I'm thinking she's just a lock for next season. I mean, she's been battling injuries 100%. all year. She still averaged 111, which yeah. is crazy. She's like, too good, mate. It, it feels like she's been way below what we expect of her. Um, and she still averaged 111. That's how good she is. So two votes in the final round. But three votes. The one and only Jay Garner. Three votes. 150 points. The top scorer of the round in the finale has to get the three votes for me. So awesome. those are my hogs. Terrific, mate. This week for me, I've gone one vote to Riddell as well, Ash Riddell. Her first week in my team for the whole year. Dropped a massive score. It felt good because she was a frustrating player to miss, but it, even owning her for one week, it, it, it sort of takes away the... The fact that I missed her. I didn't miss her now, mate, because I got a good score from her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so two votes goes to Garner as well. Her first week back in my team since round three, 150. She averaged 146 in my team. Ridiculous, mate. Absolutely ridiculous. Just an just a stud. She's just been terrific all year, and it feels good to own her again. Such a big week. But three votes to the champ, Yvonne Bonner, <laughs> for... Essentially enabling me to just have the funnest week of trades, a massive swing that paid off. It could have been, it could have all gone to crap if Bonner dropped a 12 or a 15 or just something terrible, something even in line with what she'd averaged this year, which I think was high 20s, low 30s. But she didn't, mate. She dropped a 71 for a full three vote, just hog performance. Amazing stuff. She was on 58 at halftime, as I found out from you recently. So it could have been bigger, but you just can't be mad. I'm so stoked with it, mate. I'm so stoked. I'm chuffed. That's one of the all-time trades. I should not I should have known that she would have been your three votes. That's so, so funny, man. She's a stud, mate. On to the flogs. <laughs> the final flogs of the season, maybe forever, and one vote. Have to give one more little clip to Chloe Malloy. 79 points. The face of fantasy mediocrity. 
That, <laughs> that's that's the best way I can put it. So one vote. It's accurate. It yeah, is accurate. I think it is very accurate. All right, two votes. Nicola Barr, 51. What a disappointing end for me. That, yeah, that M, sorry, not M. What am I saying? F5 position has just been utter disappointment. I think it's actually the cursed position for me. No matter who I bring in, just goes to crap. Not that Nicola Barr was setting the world on fire before that, but 51 and getting injured at the start of the last quarter is just not how you want to end the season, especially when I was considering picking Lucy single as a bit of a pod selection. I needed someone cheap around that 800. I try to tell you to do it. We yeah, love Lucy. Know. It was the We're thing a pro is, Lucy single. We podcast. are, and I'm I'm a big fan, one of her biggest. But the thing is, GWS were playing Port Adelaide, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with the soft matchup. And it didn't pay off. So Nicola Barr, two votes, but the three votes, the show stealer, Sabrina Frederick, sixty-four points. She had seventeen in the second half, seventeen points. Rough. She got dominated in the ruck. Collingwood got dominated. Oh, it hurt. It really hurt. And it's, yeah, it's such a shit way to end the season on debut. Three votes for Dis- the Flog Award. So D- disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. My flogs this week almost had hogs. One vote, Tani Evans for a 63. 63 is not a terrible score for a defender, but this is, you know, like. Five out of her last six weeks have been sub-70 scores. It's just been a terrible fall from where she was at the start of the year. It was looking like she could be the number one defender. So just a, a bit of a whack, a departing whack to Tani Evans for a, another average performance. Two votes I've gone for Emily Bates. She scored 98. I didn't have that many underperformers this week. But this is her fourth week in a row of not hitting 100 just a terrible average in that time because it's severely impacted by a 39. This is kind of a season-long flog award for Bates. Just disappointing. So two votes to Bates and three votes to the player who never should have made her way into my team, Nat Grider, 55. It was my lowest score of the week. She dropped 30 in my team earlier in the year. I just don't like her face. <laughs> Well, in that's my a pretty, team, pretty, <laughs> pretty harsh team. way to wrap it up. There's nothing wrong with her face. It's just when it looks at me from D5, it frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice save. Grider, three votes for the flog. And we're done. All right. And we're moving on to Hot Bakes. Hot Bakes. I will kick us off this week because obviously I didn't watch any of the games, I've got two quick closing bakes that I want to give out. The first is to Sydney again because they only tagged Bates hard properly this year and all the other gun mids they played against, they just let do whatever they want. Bowers was massive this week. Blackburn was massive last week. Very frustrating. So shout out Sydney, hot bake. I don't like the way that you coach the midfield. <laughs> That's, that's the first one. The second one is just to the AFL and the game generally. I'm not going to call it a hot bake, but I feel like the game, the AFLW fantasy game this year, could have been made a bit better. There's a few issues with it. The first was the lack of an edit trade feature, which is a staple now of the men's game, and it was brought in this year to just massive success. I'm not sure why they didn't bring that over to the women's game because, as you told me, cousin, there were some laid-out issues over 
the weekend and a lot of teams could have been saved with an edit trade feature. The second is just the inconsistency of the scores flying around this year. I know there's not too much that could have been done, but the start of the year was whack. And if anyone had an inkling of how prices might fly around, I think teams would have been made a bit differently to start the year. So more transparency would be nice um, in the lead up to the game. It felt like they kind of just threw it together um, just to get a product out there. But uh, yeah, I feel like it could have been done better. The other thing is just some of the rule tweaks that could be done in the AFLW itself, essentially just the way that the clock works and the amount of time in the games. It'd be nice if that was evened out instead of having the 17-minute quarters that were there was no time on for except for the last two minutes. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. So the AFLW game generally, I think, could be tweaked slightly just to be a bit more coherent. Um, and the AFLW fantasy game, I think, could be tweaked to be a little bit more transparent and I guess a bit more similar to the men's game in the way that the app runs and all that sort of stuff. So shout out, not not a bake per se, because it's not something that I'm really <laughs> angry about, but I guess just things I would like to see happen. Yeah, constructive year. improvements. Exactly. It's funny. I was, as you were saying all those things, I was like taking the opposite side in my mind. Sydney coach Scott Gowans is actually in the conversation for coach of the year. <laughs> At the moment, everyone is pumping him up. I think he's a fantastic coach. The, yeah, but the Wise issue is that they tagged only Bates and not everyone else. <laughs> it's so in fantasy future, related, yes, cousin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all like right. Like your gripe with the Crows coach for <laughs> resting Hatchard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she was injured, Last which week. I later found yeah. out. The other thing is I actually personally think that the AFLW fantasy app has actually run really well. You're right though. The edit trade would be a fantastic feature to add next year. It is one of those things where it's like, I think they were, I guess, testing the waters to see what the popularity of it would be like. So they didn't roll it out with all the features that the men's game has, but I think it's been an overwhelming success. And I think we'll start to see more of those things be included but you're right because a lot of people really got stung by this Mia King laid out maybe a Paxi laid out as well um, but the issue with it was is that a lot of people traded Robottom to Mia King meaning and Robottom played on the Friday night so she was locked out it meant that you were stuck with that player you had to cop whatever was on your bench maybe even a donut that's tough um, yeah d- d- just in response to what you said is not so much the app that I had issue with just the fact that if they're going to roll out a game that, you know, there's a car on the line and there's prizes and obviously they know people get heavily invested into AFL men's fantasy previously. It just a little bit more effort with the game. And yeah, again, transparency would have been nice because I think even heading into the year, a lot of people were confused. Like when the prices were flying around at the start, everyone's like, what, like what's going on? Why? It just, I don't know. I feel like a little bit more could have been done to sort of clear the waters and, give everyone the knowledge of the game. And then again, also just to make the game sort of the playability on the level as the men's game could have just been a little bit better. Yeah. I, the thing is, I'm not too sure if even the You're creators, <laughs> if even the creators knew that the pl- the prices would fly around as much as they did, you know, like it's the, the magic number kicks in and then, and then we go, Oh, Okay. The, the top players drop a lot and the bottom players go up a lot as well. It's a good it's a good point, but someone like Jaden Papowski, who is quite 
obviously just an absolute stat savant. The man is a genius. He was struggling to figure out like what was going on. Yeah, it took him a couple of weeks to be like, I'm dialing in my magic number or whatever. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, again, I was just trying to come up with something, yeah. some but some form of criticism. No, you're, right, you're right though, because like there was a lack of break-evens. Um, yeah, exactly. And, then, and exactly. then even from champion data side of things, that would be great if we could have like CBA numbers that aren't made by by Jaden Papowski on a spreadsheet. The other thing- Not, the, Yeah, sorry. But that, that is worthy of hot praise, by the way, Jaden Papowski doing oh, all a- that for the community. Absolutely. But it'd be great if like champion data, who are the third party that the AFL- employees to do all the stats and things like that actually did it for the women's game as well as the men's game. Yeah. The other, the last thing I'll touch on with this is the lack of previous stats and their sort of availability through the AFL um, and like through the fantasy game. Like if you go on again, I hate to keep making the comparison, but the men's game, you can see all the games, all the stats from the previous year, but that wasn't available this year. You had to go hunting like stat hunting. So Yep, great. All right, we're going to move on to my hot bakes. And in the spirit of our discussion last week about being critical and it being something that's good for the game and growing the game, I want to hot bake GWS as a club to lose to Port Adelaide by 58 points in an absolute demolition. Like you should have seen it, cuz. It was it was hard to watch. It was really tough to watch. The fact that GWS's only player that can hold their head high is an 18-year-old. It's sad. It's it's really sad viewing. Like, Zali is their best player by just a country mile. Even They have talented she's players. A, yeah, she's terrific. Like, Tani Evans, great player, but even... Parker when she's healthy. Yeah, t- yeah, at least Parker as well. But Tani Evans, fantastic player, does some great things, but also just had, has a couple of, like, terrible moments. I'll put them as that. Just fumbles or things that will end up in a goal like yeah their defense was was in shambles um and it's just yeah it's just hard to watch um and another thing that was really hard to watch about this game shout out to flicker tim for giving me um this suggestion on twitter i'm hot baking kelly underwood for banging on about kicking the footy to aaron phillips just for the whole second half it was obnoxious it was incessant irritating not to mention Kelly Underwood has gotten the names of players wrong all season. She was calling Nicola Barr, Natalie Barr. She kept calling Beeson Barr as well. So she was getting the players mixed up. On Friday night, she was calling Daisy Darcy, Daisy Davies. Just all over the place for someone that's paid to literally call the players' names correctly yeah, and she- just tell us what they're doing. It's, um, it's, it's not, pretty funny. This is just a consistent Kelly Underwood issue. <laughs> I'm... Uh, yeah, I don't want to bang on this drum too much, but she's she's copped a lot of criticism she could, from a lot of people. She could be a, a bit better at what she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also don't want to just. It's our last pod. We can bash. <laughs> we can bash who we like. You suck. <laughs> not <nah>. physically. <laughs> not physically. Um, but yeah. So Kelly Underwood, a little hot bake. It's been it's been brewing all year, really, with with getting names wrong and things like that. So shout out to Tim for that suggestion. And actually, just with that game, I was getting so fed up with the commentary and the way that GWS were playing. I turned it off in Erin Phillips' last game, um, and she—I actually missed the goal that she kicked right at the end, which was such a cool goal. I went—I went and watched it later, but I was just, yeah, I was like, I can't bear this anymore. And then I missed the coolest bit of the whole game. Yeah, 
commentary really can make or break a game. Yeah. It genuinely makes that much difference because it's the only thing that you hear. <laughs> it's just people talking. And if the talk is bad, it's like, shut up. I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> There's no, yeah. I, yeah, you do, you do have to hit that mute button sometimes. Fully understand. Yep. Yep. All right, the next thing, I've got something prepared for the poor, poor Mia King owners that uh, had to deal with the frustrations of this late out. There was a lot of sadness on Twitter. I even saw the guy that was ranked fifth overall had Mia King, couldn't that's, reverse it. That's pain, there isn't are, it? There are a handful of like really highly ranked coaches, people pushing for a hat that were just outside the top 100 that it kind of cooks their hat chances and things like that. So yeah, that's... I decided to come up with some content, make a little tribute for the poor fantasy coaches that owned Mia King. So this is the Mia King poem. In the realm of dreams where heroes tread, there lies a tale of sorrow like a song unsaid. Mia King, our star, a warrior so bold, but fate had plans, a story to unfold. A late withdrawal from our hallowed team, a cruel twist of fate and a shattered dream. The seasons end a bitter, bitter pill without Mia King, a dream unfulfilled. Her absence lingers, a shadow in our hearts, a tale of loss that forever imparts. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's touching. <laughs> I feel the pain that the coaches felt through your words. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, you know, I think... It needed to be said. There needs to be something for those poor coaches. <laughs> there you go. If yeah, if if you're a Mia King owner and you heard that, hopefully it's some <laughs> solace. Yeah, some 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 solace, some comfort. All right, we've got <laughs> we've got one more thing in our hot bake segment, and it's actually some hot praise to some of our listeners who won hats and did really well. So first of all, shout out to Flicker Tim or Tim at Flicker Tim, came 52nd overall. Legend. Yeah, just absolute legend. A man Been, who was engaged with the pod many a time. Yep. Asked a lot of questions of the cousins. Yep. Engaging every week. Love your work, mate. Congratulations. Um, Kevin Agram at KAgram123273352. It's a lot of I'm numbers. Sorry, I'm sorry to laugh at that, but it is, it is a lot of numbers. He came 79th overall. Massive. Which is a fantastic effort. Massive. Shout out to Corey Blackledge at... Corzab213, also a friend of the podcast, commenting every week, interacting every week. You're a legend, mate. I'm sorry you didn't get a hat. Just missed out. 132nd. I do. My heart goes out to you, mate. I know you were in the top 100 the last two weeks in round... Rounds eight and nine. It hurts, doesn't it? And then it? dropped out. But, but it's a massive year. Anything in the top 500 is is a, a terrific year. So to finish that close. Exactly. Hats off. You, you'll get them next time, Corey. So good on you, mate. Shout out to you. And the last one is shout out to School of Supercoach, who came 97th overall, won a cap, gave us a little shout out on Twitter. So thanks to you, mate. And also, again, Bryony, I mentioned her at the very top of the podcast, won the car... The and car. gave us a little thank you for all the all the content that we've been making. So thanks again to Bryony. You're a legend. If winning a car is insane, man. I st- it still spins me out that a car is the prize for winning fantasy. What a dream. Again, you can just retire forever from fantasy now. You don't have to spend all your time just consumed by the game like the rest of us do. You can call it a day and be happy forever. Yeah. That's it. You've yep. in the pinnacle, you've reached it. Yeah. 
So I think that's a fitting way to uh, close out hot bakes for the final time. Slash praise. Yeah, with with some lovely praise. All right, and we're going to move on to our awards season. Awards season, it's going to be exactly the same as the award season that we did for the men's pod many, many moons ago. We're going to go over best starting pick, worst starting pick, best trade in, worst trade in, worst trade out, our biggest misses, and then talk about our best and fairest or our hogs and flogs of the season. So why don't you kick us off, cousin, with your best starting pick of the year? Well, before I announce who it was, I'm going to give a couple of honorable mentions the first goes to Matilda Schultz. Absolutely incredible season. Easily rookie of the year for everyone that owned her. Um, 75.6 she averaged. And I want to say that she could be an excellent selection for next year. I would say Locke, but the other thing is Morphic could be, could be fantastic as well. So Matilda Schultz, shout out to her. Second one, honorable mention, Ash Riddell. I bang on about her every week. She's my favorite player. She's so cool. She's great. Fantastic scorer. I think she averaged 116, 116.1 for the season. And I started with her. She was fantastic. But the winner of the best starting pick for me, Jazz Garner, averaged 127. I think she was priced at like 94 to start the year. Something like that was fairly unique. Um, So easily my best starting pick. Terrific. I've got an honorable mention for Laura Gardner. She was just awesome all year. I think an underrated pick. Someone who probably probably didn't get as much love because she was so popular. Yeah. But was just awesome all has, year. Has to get, yeah, shout out. Such a such a terrific season. But I've given the award to joint winners, Jazz Garner and Ebony Marinoff Noffy. Garner averaged 143.3 in her first three games. They were her first and only games in my team until this week, but just had such an awesome start. And Noffy, who averaged 128 on the season, I owned her all year and she just was awesome. Amazing. I couldn't split them because they were the two biggest, two high scorers of the season. Just so amazing. Just, just quickly, yes. in your team, yes. Ghana played four games and she scored 120, 150, 150, 150. 150. Yep. That's crazy, mate. So she averaged <laughs> probably just under 150. I yeah, it's like 146 or something. That's crazy, mate. Yeah, it was well, insane. Well done with those trades there. It was insane. I brought her in and traded her out at the right times as well. That I, she didn't she didn't burn me too badly and enabled me to fix the rest of my team. But yeah, Garner and Noffy, I couldn't split them. There was only 1.5 points between them at the end of the year. So I reckon give it to Noffy because you. Like I don't want to nitpick the segment because we're just we're you, just throwing you, out. You are nitpicking. I am nitpicking. Yes. All right. All right. I am nitpicking. Okay. She only played four games for your team, whereas Noffy is like a starting pick that you had from start to finish. Yeah, but the it thi- seems fitting that you give her the award. It. Yeah, but the thing is, best starting pick, Ghana at the start of the season was kind of looked at as just another primo mid. Um, she was 
essentially the breakout player of the year, average 127, 143 for the first three games, but her price rises enabled me to fix the rest of my team as well. So even though she didn't spend the entire season in my team, the flow and effect that her start had enabled my team to flourish for the rest of the year. So I couldn't split them. She was, even though I traded her out, she was still having a positive impact in the subs. Yep. All right. You've defended yourself well there. I have. I retract my nitpick. I have. I guess we'll move on now to worst starting pick, cuz. What have you got? Who I've have got, you got? <laughs> I've got someone that I actually forgot that I started with. And Same. that's Brooke Brown. <laughs> she was a defender. She started around 700K, I want to say. <laughs> um, I think she scored like a 40 in round one and I traded her straight away. She, But for the season, she averaged 46, just under 47 and dropped 200k. So I think that's that's a worthy a worthy winner of the award. I've gone a very similar route and my worst starting pick was Cynthia Hamilton. Oh, yes. Who's also someone I forgot that I started with, but she scored a 44 in my team. I traded her out immediately and she averaged 47.5 on the season. So a bad starting pick for me. I'm sure many of our listeners would have started with her as well. Just not very nice. Not very nice stuff. We'll move on to best trade-in. What have you got for best trade-in? Who have you got for best trade-in? I've got two that are hard to split and I want you to help me split them. I will. The first one is Lister to Charlotte Thomas in round three. So obviously Lister was Lister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need to talk about you, we do not. her. She doesn't need a shout out. No, nah. but Charlotte Thomas from round three onwards I don't want to hear at a very number. cheap price averaged 79.6 in my team yeah. phenomenal yeah. so that has to be one of the best trades of the season but I think this one might top it Hannah Priest in round five the week she scored 120 I brought her in and then the next week she scored a 60 so she averaged 90 and then I traded her out yeah, took got a At massive max price. price she was she was just under a million, and I traded her out the week she scored a thirty. So she averaged ninety in my team. Does that? No, nah, I think that, no. I think you go with Thomas just for the the body of work All right. that she gave you. What seven rounds? Yes, yeah, seven rounds at seventy nine. That's massive for a defender. She she closed the season being the highest averaging. Yeah, in that over yep. that time frame, yep. that's just massive. You go with that. I just wanted to talk about Priest, just in the the perfection of the timing. Two two rounds at ninety, and then gone, and probably made like two hundred k. That uh, that is best trade wizardry award yeah. from you. <laughs> yeah, yep. All right, what about you? Cool. I've gone. I'm giving an honorable mention to Elise Parker. She averaged one hundred and one in my team, which wasn't massive, but. She was the player I brought in for Jazz Garner who matched her over the the first few weeks, dropped a massive score in my team and then got hurt in her last game in the third quarter, but toughed it out and got to a good score. So I just wanted to give her a bit of a shout out on the pod because I loved what she did for my team this year, but I'm giving the award to Yvonne Bonner, (laughs) 71 average at 405k, mate. That is value. Goddamn value. <laughs> Yvonne Bonnet in the last round of the season. I am her biggest fan. I'm her biggest fan. I'll tell you that right now. There wouldn't be any other Yvonne Bonnet fans on this level right now. No one would be <laughs> as happy with her as me. I love you, Yvonne. 
We're a pro Yvonne Bonner podcast. She's getting a lot of airtime today. She is, mate. 71 out of 405k, trade of the year. I love it. I it's love a, it. It's a trade that will go down in history, I think. Yeah, it will. That's <laughs> Hall of Fame level stuff. Cool. We'll move on to worst trade-in, cousin. Who have you got for oh, worst trade-in? All right. I've got two here again. First one is trading Schultz to Mimstrom in round eight. So Schultz from that point on went on to average 89. That's massive. And Strom averaged 72. So that's a 17 points per week loss. And I think I spent 160K. It's not good, is it? So that's that's definitely up there. But the other one is Roberts to Frederick, which I pulled in the final round. Roberts scored 122. Frederick scored 64. So it cost me 58 points. Which are you picking? Which is, which is the number one? Oh. It's got to be Sabs, Frederick. Yeah, I'm giving. Yeah, such such a sad way to end the year. Flat flattening. Okay, mine. I'm giving an honourable mention to. Ah, oh, I can't split these players. Honourable mention to Emily Bates. She was good in her first week in my team, and then scored a 39, and then three 90s in a row, just below par. Frustrating stuff. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Aaron Phillips, who I brought in after round one. Oh, no. For a 58.3 average from a few games. Disappointing. And the thing with her was just the lack of passing the eye test, failing the eye test so considerably was – it was distressing. It made watching football hard. So honourable mention to Phillips. But the award goes to Bree Davey. For an 83 average in my team, 83 she averaged in my team, after her massive round one where she dropped a 130, she declined in score consecutively for four weeks until I traded her out and then went on another run of massive games. So she, she I hate to look at what she averaged outside of my team, but it would be 100 plus or very close to and just... The, the poor scores I got from Albert was super disappointing. There is another special player who I could have given <laughs> I think it I to. I think I might know who it is. But I'm saving her for later. Really? Yes. I wa- <laughs> Georgia Chris Parker. <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about her now. We can, we can talk about her now. She was a bad trade-in for both of us because of the price that we paid for her. Different weeks. You- I paid way more than you. So, so I mean, we're, we're talking about worst trade-in, so maybe now is the best it time is, to talk it about is a good Georgie Prasparkas. So I traded her in round two. So after her 147, and in my team, she averaged 93.4, and I paid Eesh. over 1.4 million for her. Eesh. It's not good, is it, mate? No. <laughs> it's that, not good at all. That actually would really be up there, I reckon. Oh, I, dear. What does she <laughs> average for you? I've got to I've got to use some quick maths to work it out because I'm doing it off the app and not off DFS. Why don't I get it up for you? Thank you. That would be nice. Which round did you get her? Uh, oh, for the 68. Yeah, for round. Oh five. dear. And then I trained. And you had her for four weeks. Five weeks. No, four weeks. Four weeks. Eighty nine point three. There you go. Eighty nine point three. Georgie Prasparkas. I paid. I think one point like two eight or something. Still a lot for that. When I was hunting for a premium mid, she was the one player that I prioritized over everybody else. So Georgie, shout out, special shout out for being extremely disappointing. Just having a, a terrible end to the year. Very frustrating. Yep. She, she, you know what? I'm going to promote her to joint winner of the award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Bree Davey. Yep. A lot of, yeah, a lot of bad trade-ins this year. All right, cousin. 
Moving on, who was your worst trade out? So essentially the player that you got rid of who burnt you the most coming out the, out the other side, the player that scored the most after you traded them. Yeah, well, discounting the Ella Roberts trade that I mentioned before that cost me a lot of points, this one is just an all-time mare. So we talked about Annalise Lister before, <laughs> our good mate Annalise Lister. I brought her in in round three for Isla Sheeran, who had, I'll say, a, a somewhat disappointing first two weeks. And I was like, you know what? It was average. It was very I, can't, I can't really see her getting too much better. And so I traded her out to Lister and Sheeran went on to average 74 for the rest of the season as a defender from that point onwards. I've got a similar story to you, mate. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I, yeah, I traded Sheeran to Lister in round three. Sheeran averaged a lot. And the really sad thing is I did it because the money facilitated me getting in Kiara Bowers mm. for 1.6 mil, I think it was. Something crazy. Feels bad. So it that's just bad. an all-time mare. Feels bad. Okay. I'm giving an honorable mention to Ellie Blackburn. I, I When I brought her into my team, I was so stoked. She was playing great for me. It felt good. She, was, she went on a career best run of fantasy scoring. It was just terrific stuff. Then she had the Sydney matchup who had tagged Bates the week before to a 39 and I got spooked, mate. I got very spooked. So I traded her out. Since then, that was round seven. She's averaged 115.3 from her last three games and was a top five mid. That's the disappointing part. Traded her to Anderson who then eventually ended up becoming... I can't even think of my team. Riddell. Right oh, Riddell. So that was fine in the end. But Anderson was very disappointing in my team. That was quite frustrating. So a nice pod who could have been a, an awesome pod for the year was moved from my team too soon. But the award is going to Charlotte Thomas, who I traded after round one oh. when she played low tog and scored a 30. She went on to average 76.8 for the rest of the season, which is enormous for a defender. And you never got her back, right? I never got her back. Oh. She ballooned heavily in price. She, she dropped even further after I traded her and I wanted to jump back on but had more pressing issues. Very, very disappointing. That was, that was just, heart, just heartbreaking. It was hard to watch West Coast games after that. There was one specifically against GWS where I just was, it was heartbreaking, mate. We'll move on to our next award, which is Biggest Misses, Cousin. Who was your biggest miss of the year? The player that you didn't get to own or maybe didn't own until too late. Well- the listeners are probably sick and tired of me banging on about the fact that I didn't own Noffy for eight of the ten rounds of the season. It looked like an inspired selection after three rounds. I boldly decided to start with Jazz Garner instead of Noffy at the start of the year, which was awesome because after three rounds, Garner was averaging 143 and Noffy was averaging 120. It's still and I had, I had saved... a about 200k in the starting prices. It's a win. It's a win on the season, starting with Garner over Noffy. It is, but I overlooked picking up Noffy. Like, the plan was always to grab her when she was at basement price, and I chose to grab Bowers instead in round three. Sorry, it, coming into round four. Um, and yeah, I just could never get Noffy back. Once she dropped those big scores, the price just ballooned up. The, it... it it gets away from you quickly and then you've got to pay top dollar again. Very so you got to, it's all about timing with these things. So that I would call that my biggest miss if it wasn't for this next thing that I'm about to tell you. And this is distressing 
because I went through the stats. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. I'm actually, I might speed through it because it's everyone gonna, it's gonna, get ready for the pity party. It's going to make me cry live on the podcast. All right. It's overlooking Zali Goldsworthy in round four. I had Aaron Phillips to her all week and I got cold feet. I got scared by that 20 odd that she scored in round one. Um, her CBAs weren't quite where I wanted. And I was like, you know what? I think she might slow down. She's already gone up too much in price. But Zali went on to average 104 from round four onwards. 104. And the players that I got, here's who I had in that F5 position. I had Aaron Phillips. Then I went to Deanna Berry, who got injured. Then I went to Hanine Zarika. And then I traded her to Chelsea Randall, who then I traded to Nicola Barr in the final round. So that series of calamities averaged. So those players in total averaged 56.4 in my team, 56.4. So in total, it cost me 336 points over the course of the seven rounds that I didn't trade Phillips to Goldsworthy, which I worked out would have ended me with a rank of 53rd overall for the season. So that's a hat costing trade right there. It's horrible. I'm going to piggyback onto it because I did the exact same thing, was considering Goldsworthy strongly, opted not to get her, and the exact same players I traded in at the exact same times, somehow, except for Barry, who I got one week before you, um, except and also Bonner, who I brought in the last round, you brought in Bar. But I also owned uh, Barry, Randall, Zarika <laughs> throughout, throughout the course of the season and had Phillips there as well. So... Goldsworthy is also mine. Extremely disappointing. Yeah. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Riddell, who I did end up getting this week, but it was hard to watch her go about her business for the rest of the year. And Bonnie Toogood, who I got last week, but again, was she was just easily a top, I think, two forward for the entirety of the season, essentially. So not owning her was very frustrating. We'll now move on to the moment that we've been waiting for, it's our hogs and flogs, best and fairest cousin, the biggest hogs, the biggest flogs of the year. What do you want to start with, hogs or flogs? Are we going to... Let's do flogs, flogs? actually. Flogs? Yeah. yeah, okay. It feels right to start with flogs. So I reckon the way we do this, we, we've both, both gone through all our votes from round one up until now. We did, as the listeners will know for, from listening to the podcast, Hogs and Flogs, we did a three, a two, and a one every week so we've compiled that into a big list essentially and then we've done a top five leaderboard for our votes so we'll go from five to one so fifth to first from our flogs first so who was the fifth biggest flog and then who was the numero uno the flog of the year do you want to kick us off i'll kick us off all right so i've got a couple of ties with the flogs so i've got ella roberts and nina morrison both tied in I guess, equal fifth slash fourth um, with four votes apiece. Now, they both had fantastic seasons. Um, but again, that they're those types of players that have like really low basement flaws as their scores. I think Ella Roberts dropped a 47 as a lower score and Morrison scored a 39. So yep. I think that's why they've got flog votes. Um, now, in joint, I guess we'll call it joint third position i've got another tie with ella heads and kiara bowers 
um, at five votes apiece. In second position, I've got Chloe Malloy with six votes. But the winner- I already know who it is. You know who it is, don't you? 100%. Erin Phillips, eight votes, flog of the year. She was only in my team for five rounds and the fact that she polled eight votes says it all, doesn't it? It does. It does say it all, mate. It definitely does. Anything you would like to add on to that? No, I mean, just salute salute to you, Aaron, champion of the game, but hurt my, broke my heart this year. <laughs> All right. In equal fourth, I've got Bree Davey, Nat Grider, and Kiara Bowers all on four votes. Not too much to say. I feel like Davey could have had more votes. Just she was more definitely more frustrating on the year, so I'm going to promote her internally to a higher flog position, but she got four votes. <laughs> In equal second, I've got Emily Bates and Aaron Phillips with five votes. But number one, the flog of the year. Oh, no. Georgie Presparkis for just being disappointing every single week in my team. Didn't turn up. Dropped a 60. Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Eight vote, eight flog votes. You know how many that is? I owned her for four weeks. Four weeks I owned her. Eight votes. That is essentially two votes of the second biggest flog every week in my team. <laughs> Georgie, special shout out. I hate your work. <laughs> Not good. It doesn't seem right that she got that many votes in four weeks. It's be- it, be- <laughs> it was because towards the end of me owning her, she would score a 90 and I was like, no, nah, full votes for your 90. It's not a ton. You get votes. Yep. It's <laughs> it's all about how it feels as a coach, isn't it? You have to be ruthless as a coach. This is something that the, the ex-West Coast coach, can't remember his name, just doesn't know anything about. But the reason that the subs are successful from a fantasy standpoint year after year is because we make the hard calls and players know what's expected of them. Georgie did not cut the mustard. <laughs> so she was gone. We'll move on now. To the hogs, the the biggest award in fantasy football, that's what I'm calling it, the hog award, the coveted cousins hog award. Who have you got? All right. In fifth place with five votes, Kiara Bowers. So she's featured in my flogs and my hogs, such as the nature of her season. There were lows, there were incredible highs, and I owned her for all of it. The golden hog. That's she, what we're calling it. In, I'm re- sorry. <laughs> it's unrelated, but I just thought of it. It is funny. Continue. She actually could have got more votes in round one for being a late out. I just remembered. Like, yeah. that is actually lower than a bad yeah, game. Yeah, it, it was worse. It's, it's like- you got stuck with tragic. Swanson yeah. as a result. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about hogs, and she comes in fifth place. We are. Fourth place, Charlotte Thomas. Five <laughs> votes. You're an asshole. How could you not? She was so good. I don't know. She was incredible. All right. Third place, Laura Gardner, seven votes. I should have, I should have mentioned her before in my best starting picks. We all owned her. We all loved her. We need to show her some love. Laura Gardner. What a terrific season. Terrific player. I'm so glad that she's getting regular games at, at AFLW level. It's fantastic. But now we are at, the top end. This is the cream of the crop. And I think you know who's going to be here for me. Second place. And I want to give this player my coach's award. This was my favorite player for the whole season. Ash Riddell. Eight votes. Just consistently excellent. Scoring points at will. Crazy high points per minute. So fun to watch. 
I can't speak highly enough of how good Ash Riddell is, but the winner has to go to Jazz Garner. She had 17 votes for me when I tallied it up. That's massive. That's more than twice as many as Riddell. So just outright winner, star of my team, best starting pick, hog of the season, Jazz Garner. Love it. Love it. Okay. I'll get into mine. I've got a tie for fifth between Swanson and the player that I'm giving my coach's award to, Yvonne Bonner, (laughs) on three votes, came in for the last game. We needed the experience, the experience that you can't buy in the subs. You can buy. It does have a price. It's 405K, mate. (laughs) I love her so much. Coach's award, Yvonne Bonner. Fourth place, Laura Gardner on four votes. Only four. Only four, which is crazy. I just think we all, obviously I'm guilty of this, took her for granted this season. She was amazing, amazing. It was clearly the best forward in the game. Deserved a lot more than four votes. To be honest, she does get the real coach's award because you just you can't give it to anyone else. Was in my team all year, was great every week, dropped a couple of massive scores. I think she wore the armband, the captain's armband for me once or twice. Amazing season. Three votes, uh, sorry, third place, Elise Parker with five votes. She only spent four weeks in my team, so five votes is a pretty good return. Dropped a massive score and just did a great job. She's one of my favorite players. Second place, Jazz Garner with 11 votes in four weeks. That's crazy. That's almost, that's almost best on ground in every game. She played in my team. Every week she played in my team. So Jazz Garner, shout out. Amazing season. But number one, it couldn't have been anyone else. Ebony Marinoff, Noffy, 16 votes. Was consistent as they come all year. Dropped some massive scores, including a 170. Amazing season. Amazing season. She wins the Golden Hog for the subs and is the best fantasy player in the game. Love your work, Noffy. Excellent. Just quickly, before we move on, are there any... Like when you were tallying the votes, anything that you looked over and you and you thought that was kind of weird, like any votes that surprised you? Um, I guess Bonner featuring in your top five is pretty funny. <laughs> also Swanson getting her way into my top five just because of how disappointing she was. But because we didn't combine hogs and flogs, it makes it does make sense. No one really stood out to me too much. I would have thought Erin Phillips would have gotten more flog votes because I was angry, but she only spent three three weeks in my team. What about you? Anything I, f- I found a couple of funny things. So Tani Evans had three flog votes for me and zero hog votes, <laughs> which I thought was weird because she was actually a fantastic starting pick at her price. And spent the whole season. And she was like relatively solid. But I guess I must have just been really mad at one of her low scores and she was, she never dropped any huge ceiling scores. Yeah, so that must be wrong. why. But um, the one that really made me laugh is the fact that uh, I'm looking over my hog votes and Aaron Phillips actually has two votes. <laughs> and Georgie Brasparkas has zero. So wow. Aaron Phillips. More of a hog than Georgie. Exactly. Even though she won the Flog Award, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Georgie was the winner of your Flog of the season. So I think Georgie wins the Cousins Joint Flog Award. Yeah, maybe. I don't wait. How many votes? How many Flog votes did Georgie get in your team? It was, uh, it was like two. How many did Aaron get? Eight. Oh, it's Aaron. <laughs> yeah. It's Aaron. For me, yeah. Can, it's the joint cousins award, like our votes combined, would be Aaron and then Georgie. Yeah. Yep. But there you go. There was hogs and flogs for the season. We will now move on to a quick 
recap of the Cousins Crystal Ball. <laughs> Professor Filoni. He will return tonight. Sorry? I will speed through the Crystal Ball review because we already know the results. You beat me by two, Cousin. Well done. Well done. I'm, f- I'm f- seething internally. But I'll go through the ones that we did get right. You called a, a Noffy sub 100. I think one of her, possibly her only one of the entire year you called. So kudos to you. You did get it. That's a terrific call. You called a Bowers 125 plus two weeks ago. You followed that up with a Bowers 135 plus this week. That's a great call. And also the Nina Morrison 92 plus that you called this week. Terrific stuff, mate. Kudos. Hats <laughs> off. The two that I got right were a Bruton 100 plus for the third week in a row. She nailed it, and I called a Swanson 110 plus return to form, or I guess continuation of a return to form last week, which she hit. I feel like we did solidly. We we came home strong, and even though I won by two predictions, it was actually really close when you consider the fact that Riddell was two points off you getting a prediction right this week, and Swanson was four points off it last week. Was it four? yeah, four points off the double the double point. Double, yes, yeah. that's right. So exactly. It was. It was extremely close, but you did get me in the end. The Cousins Crystal Ball, it was a fun segment, mate. The arguments. It always is. It, it brought out the worst in us <sighs> each and every week. The, the arguments are usually fun, but last week I wasn't having fun with it. <laughs> I was so mad. To, just, to anyone listening, what you heard last week was probably it was a condensed version of the argument that we actually had because yeah, we, we, had we to, argued it, for <laughs> genuinely like 20 minutes. We had to edit some of yeah. the argument out of the And pod. I was like, this is stretching on for so long. I actually cut about 10 minutes of it. Oh, funny. So the bit the bit where you heard me suggest the score about Nina, and the I prediction, agreed. and you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, I'll give it to plus. you. Yeah. <laughs> we had actually argued about that for 10 minutes and then we're like, <laughs> no. So anyway- It got heated. Yeah, it did get heated. Um, hence why our episode was called Family Feud, but it's all good. It happens and the rightful winner has won. Hey, well, uh, you know what? I hate to bring it up, but I won the, the men's one. Yeah, so, so we, won, we won one each. <laughs> we did. Uh, the overall tally has you coming out on top. Yeah, you won by half a point, right? Half a point. <laughs> you won by How did you even get a half point? Uh, I can't even remember what it was for, to be honest. <laughs> you rigged know. it somehow. We'll have to go back. I didn't rig it. It was a legitimate and fair win. We'll move on now to Proverbs. <laughs> Fantasy Proverbs. I will kick us off. I've got two Proverbs this week for the future, just the general future for the listeners, for us. I know you've got one, so I'll get into my first one, and it's this. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's from Mark Anthony. And essentially what I mean by that is it's been such a great time getting together and chatting fantasy with you, mate, and for the listeners It's been a passion of ours for a very long time. Fantasy footy, the fact that we've been able to do it, all the work, the effort that we've put in, the fact that we've gotten to be able to monetize the podcast, even though it's our last (laughs) big big hotshot podcast. And we may or may not be doing it. It just feels like such a great milestone to have reached in our final episode. And it's been such a fun time. So all the hours that we put in, it hasn't felt like work. It's been enjoyable every step of the way. And I hope it's been enjoyable for all the listeners too. That's my first proverb. What have you got, mate? All right. So my proverb comes from a 
Stoic writer, Seneca, an absolute favorite of mine. And it is this. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Let me say that again because I kind of cooked it. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. We've got fresh starts. We're going in different directions. You're going to be a father soon. Uh, I'm going to be moving across the country, starting a new job, starting what will be a very new and different life for myself. So, you know, we're kind of entering a new chapter for both of our lives. You know, we're getting into all kinds of different things. We're both getting into running. We're about to run a half marathon together as cousins. The start of our running journey, man. (laughs) Um, So, you know, new chapter for both of us. And I guess without like with a new chapter comes the end of an old one. And that's this podcast that we've had this year. And it's just been so fun and so great. But I guess for the new chapter to start, the old things have to come to an end. They do. They do. I'll get into my final proverb. And I knew as soon as we decided that we were wrapping up the pod, that this is what I wanted to close Proverbs with it's from Barney Stinson, How I Met Mother, and it's one of my absolute favorite quotes of all time. And it's this Whatever you do in this life, it's not legendary unless your friends are there to see it. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for the season, for making it what it has been. I'm getting emotional, mate, because it's been <laughs> such a great ride, but it wouldn't have been the same without you, mate. Oh, <laughs> didn't think I was going to get sad. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, listeners, thanks for making the season what it's been. And thanks you, mate, for coming over each and every week and making it such a good year. It's been great. That was beautiful. I think we should segue into a couple of thank yous. It's a, it's a good time to do it in our final episode. So quickly, I just want to shout out Warney and Gemma Bastiani and the whole team that work uh, for the official AFLW fantasy platform. Um, all the work that those guys have put in you know, you guys have made such a great platform, such a great product, and we've all enjoyed it as a community, and it's just been really fantastic. Also, massive shout out to the traders for essentially just building the fantasy community into what it's become. If it wasn't for them, we just, I mean, we probably wouldn't even have made the pod initially. Probably wouldn't have even gotten into fantasy in the first place. Exactly, yeah. Just listening to their pod, the the entertainment side of things, Um, And again, just them being active on Twitter and engaging with the community has built fantasy in Australia into what it is now. So shout out to the traders. Yep. Another shout out to Selby, coach of Marrera's Magic. And obviously the the starter of the Marrera's Magic platform and the pioneer of AFLW fantasy um, as a game. Um, Just another titan of the fantasy community. And, you know, everyone has a lot of respect for Selby. He's done great things. He does a lot of work for charity. He's the goat of fantasy as well. So just shout out to Selby. If you if you hear this, um, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, the official game probably wouldn't have been made as promptly as it was if it wasn't for Selby's work. So yeah, massive shout out to him. Also want to give a special shout out to Free Kick, Mel, Liam and Will for, I guess, being like the AFLW fantasy podcast pioneers and giving probably the best most insightful advice um i think their pod really helped us learn the game and the players 
as much as we have. So shout out, special shout out to them. Yeah, they're they're such a great crew. They have such a deep knowledge of the game. They're such great fans. They're going to so many games. They they contribute so much to the community in general. They engage with everyone. So yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much, Liam, Mel, and Will. I also want to give a thanks to Bales from Fantasy Fanatics for all his encouragement, his interactions, and just the work he generally does and the the effort that he puts into making all his content consistently and just providing news and info. All the Twitter spaces. Yeah, just does so much for the community. Um, It was, you know, getting to jump on the live um, Twitter spaces a couple of weeks ago with Bales was just really special and I I wish we would have been able to go on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't even get to go on. Yeah, so we're sorry that we... um, Apologies, Bowers. Every single time we've just been busy. Yeah, so for that, not, not being more available. Yep. yep. Last thank you is to Michael Hare for encouraging us and promoting our content when we first got started. One of the OGs in the AFLW fantasy space. So thank you very much, Michael. If you're listening to this, we really appreciate you. And I just want to echo what Keebs was saying before. We just want to thank each and every one of you listeners. Um, you guys have made our year so special. Um, what started with us goofing around and talking shit about the game that we're so passionate about has, you know, turned into something really beautiful and so fun and just has been just an incredible little chapter of our lives. And we monetized the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, again, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in over the course of the year and just all the people that engage with us on Twitter as well and share the stuff and ask questions and sort of, enabled us to become such a prominent or I guess how we feel prominent part of the community it's just been it's just been awesome so thanks everyone for tuning in yep um and yeah I guess on that note like even though we won't have too many podcasts coming out next year um we'll absolutely put in our best effort to be engaging with the community and obviously we'll still be playing the game and you know hopefully going to footy games and maybe we'll see see some of you guys out there but yeah, it's been a terrific season. It's been a terrific year in general. And so once again, thank you very much. Enjoy your off season and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. See you later. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin Kiss your cousin